Hello, everyone. My name is Andrew, and my name is Anna. And you're listening to the Culips English podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Culips. This is Chatterbox, our series designed for intermediate and advanced English learners. And here at Chatterbox, we present natural conversations about a wide range of interesting topics. Maybe it's a current event. Maybe it's a trending issue. And today, I am happy to be joined by my co-host Anna. Hi, Anna. How's it going? Yeah, great. Thank you. What about you? I'm a little bit hungry, Anna. We're recording here at 6 p.m. my time. I know it's the morning for you, but for me, it's 6 p.m. So, yeah, I'm all right. But I'll be happy to eat some dinner after we record. <laughs> Anyways, why don't you introduce what our topic is about today? In today's episode, we're going to explore the concept of gaslighting. This is a thought-provoking, but also concerning psychological phenomenon, and we're going to share our thoughts and opinions about this manipulation tactic and the impact that it can have on people. Yeah, so a kind of deep topic today, but I think this is really important to talk about because we just hear about it everywhere these days. I can't avoid hearing conversations about gaslighting, and so I think probably a lot of our listeners have maybe heard this expression, but don't really know what it means or don't really know how to use it when they're talking about these kinds of relationships. Because I think gaslighting has a lot to do with how we handle our relationships in our lives. So a very important topic, and we'll get started with our conversation in just a moment. But before we do, listeners, I want to remind you. That there is an interactive transcript and a study guide for this episode, and it is available to all Culips members. Now, by using the study guide while you listen, it's just an excellent way to improve your English fluency with us. And by becoming a Culips member, you will get access to tons of our amazing learning materials that are created by our expert English teachers. But not only that, you'll also be supporting the work that we do here and allow us to continue creating free English lessons for people all around the world. And when you're a Culips member, you'll get so many awesome bonuses. We really do try to give as much as we can back to our member community. So you will get perks such as ad-free audio, access to our member-only series, the Fluency Files. Invitations to our monthly member live streams, access to our member-only channel on Discord, and so much more. So you can sign up and become a member today just by visiting our website, culips.com. Lastly, we wanted to give a shout out to our listener Neo underscore Chen ninety four, who left us a lovely comment and a five star review on Apple Podcasts. Neo Chen wrote, "I love Culips." I started listening when I came to Canada in 2021 from my grad school, and I am graduating this year. Thank you, Coolips, and all the hosts for such a wonderful English learning podcast. I always get so excited when new episodes come out. I will always listen and support you guys. Love from Nanaimo, British Columbia, in Canada. Smiley face. Thank you so much, Neo Chen 94. That was a wonderful comment. Yeah, thank you, Neo Chen. Congratulations on graduating, and I hope you enjoy Nanaimo. That's actually very close, Anna, to where I went to university, just like an hour away. So I'm familiar with Nanaimo. It's a great place, lovely place. So yeah, 
Nice to hear that fantastic review, Neo Chen. Thank you so much. And now, Anna, let's jump in and get started with our main topic of conversation, which is gaslighting. And listeners, I wanted to break this episode down into a couple of different main parts, just so that we can clearly understand exactly what gaslighting is. So we'll start with the basic definition, and then Anna and I are going to give some examples. And then finally, we're going to have a discussion about gaslighting. So you could consider this episode to be a three-parter, and we'll segment it that way, just so that the conversation is easy to follow along with. And so, yeah, we'll begin with our definition, gaslighting. So gaslighting is, as you mentioned earlier at the top of the show, Anna, it's a psychological manipulation tactic. And manipulation is when you try to change somebody else's mind, right? And maybe you do that in a dishonest way, right? We can manipulate people in a good way or a bad way, but usually I think manipulation is considered to be something that's bad. So when we do this kind of manipulation to try and change somebody's opinion or what they think of themselves or what they think about a situation, well, we can call that gaslighting and it can have a really big impact on our mental health and our emotional well-being. That's right, Andrew. And gaslighting is known as being a really subtle kind of emotional abuse that involves making somebody doubt their own perceptions, memories, and even their own sanity. So they start kind of feeling like, am am I going crazy? Like, is that what happened? And it can really occur in various different types of relationships, romantic, but also family relationships, and even actually in the workplace as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's actually really common in the workplace, maybe more than we think, because it can be really subtle and it can take place over a long period of time. So gaslighting typically involves different kind of tactics or strategies that the abuser, who is the person who is doing the gaslighting, uses to try and deceive someone or to confuse someone or to control someone. And so I wanted to break down some of these fundamental components of gaslighting. And there are many, but I thought, well, let's just talk about four, some of the main four fundamentals of gaslighting. And the first up is denial, denial. And denial occurs when the gaslighter denies that certain events or conversations took place. So in this kind of context, then the gaslighter might say something like, I never said that, or you're making that up. And I think probably everybody that's listening to this right now, and Anna, probably you can agree with me as well, that you've had this kind of situation, right? Where you're in an argument with someone, maybe it could be a coworker or a friend or a romantic partner. And yeah, you get into an argument and they try and manipulate you, right? Change your thinking by denying that something ever took place. Absolutely. And if we move on to the next one then, trivialization, which is where gaslighters often minimize the victim's feelings or concerns. So they might say something like, you're too sensitive, you're being too sensitive, or you're overreacting. I think you're reacting too much, 
these are kind of those typical things that people will say. And like you said before, Andrew, maybe you've heard somebody say that to you before when you really don't feel like you're overreacting. And so what they're saying doesn't really match with how you feel. Right. So in this kind of situation, the gaslighter is not appreciating the depth of your feelings and is writing them off and saying like, oh, just calm down, settle down. It's not a big deal. You're too sensitive. You're overreacting to this kind of situation. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So the next one then is projection, projection. And projection occurs when the gaslighter places the negative qualities or behaviors onto the victim. So they're doing something bad themselves, but they actually blame the victim of doing those things. For instance, if the gaslighter was a liar and was being dishonest, then they might accuse the victim of being a liar and saying, hey, you're lying to me. So it's this kind of projection of the gaslighter's behaviors onto the victim's behaviors. And then the fourth thing is withholding. And this is about when the gaslighter would withhold affection, attention, or approval. And that ultimately makes the person feel unworthy, inadequate, unloved. So that's the fourth kind of main thing that is involved or one of the main ways that gaslighting transpires in day-to-day -day relationships. And probably, you know, a long-term gaslighter who is gaslighting and manipulating their victim to a big extent, they're going to be doing all of these things at the same time, right? It's not like that you're only doing one. I would imagine that really severe gaslighters are doing all of these things at the same time. And gaslighting is particularly damaging because slowly over time, it can erode or destroy the victim's self-esteem and cause them to question their own reality. And this can lead to anxiety or depression or a sense of powerlessness, right? Just imagine if all of these things were happening to you. Somebody was calling you a liar, saying that your emotions are not valid, not giving you any praise. I mean, all of these things are going to have a huge impact on your mental health. And yeah, it can lead to a really dark place. Absolutely. And gaslighting can happen gradually and slowly over a period of time, making it even more difficult to recognize it when it actually happens. And often people don't even realize that they're being gaslit or that somebody is gaslighting them because it kind of just becomes the routine behavior that always happens. It's what they always know about that relationship with that person. So sometimes it can be quite difficult to see it when it's actually going on. Absolutely. All right. So Anna, at this point, I want to get into some examples and we've prepared two scenarios to kind of, well, they're fictional, but they illustrate how gaslighting could work in our everyday lives. So why don't we walk through a couple of these scenarios, Anna? I'll introduce the first one. And this is for a personal relationship. So kind of romantic relationship. And imagine that your partner constantly makes you feel like you're crazy. They frequently accuse you of overreacting or being overly emotional. For instance, when you express concern about something, then your partner would just dismiss it by saying, oh, you're too sensitive or it's all in your head. In this situation, the gaslighter is just making something trivial, right? And denying that the emotions of their partner are valid. 
And so this is a classic form of gaslighting. Right. And maybe let's take a look at another example in a different context, this time at the workplace. Let's imagine you're in a meeting and you're sharing ideas and your colleague takes credit for your ideas. And then later when you confront them about it, they're like, well, you misunderstood the situation. It's not my fault. And they never really acknowledge your contribution. This is an instance of denial and projection, one of those areas that we talked about before, where they're reflecting their actions onto you. And again, this is a form of gaslighting that you might find in the workplace. And uh, I'm curious, do you know where this expression comes from? Like the etymology or the origin gaslighting? Have you heard about it before? Well, this is really interesting because I don't know about you, Andrew, and you out there listeners, because when I first heard this term, I thought it was about people becoming angry because the gaslighting thing, I thought it was about having the light and then kind of forcing somebody to be angry. But actually, it's got a really interesting background. And the term gaslighting actually has its roots in a play from 1938, which is called Gaslight, and it's by a British playwright called Patrick Hamilton. And in this play, basically what happens is a husband manipulates his wife into believing that she's losing her mind by dimming the gaslights in their home and then basically denying any changes when she points them out. She said, oh, well, you've dimmed the lights. And he's like, no, I haven't. What are you talking about? No, I haven't with the intention of making her kind of go crazy. And this psychological torment, which is central to the plot of this play, illustrates the essence of gaslighting. So that's where the term comes from. Because I don't know about you guys, but for me, the term's a little bit confusing. I didn't really understand what it meant. But that's, that's where it comes from. It comes from that film and that psychological torment that the husband was inflicting on his wife. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Anna, it started as a play, and then there were some films that were released with the same name a little bit later in the 40s, I think. But it wasn't until the 1960s, many years after the play was first released, that psychologists adapted this term and started to use it as a verb to talk about the act of manipulation in relationships. So I thought that was interesting. And at this point now, Anna, why don't we jump into our discussion about gaslighting? Because this transitions nicely to the main discussion part of the episode. And I wanted to ask you about this, about when you first started to hear the expression used in your everyday life by family and friends and in the media. I guess it's like you said in the intro, it's really a term that's been bounced around a lot recently. And you see a lot of articles about it. And now that it's much more open in terms of talking about things to do with mental health and relationships, it seems to be a term that's come up quite a lot. But I think the first thing, honestly, I'd like to say about this is that, of course, there's gaslighting that goes on. And that's when somebody's trying to be manipulative. But there's also are times when, like, for example, I'm thinking about my partner and he'll say, well, I never said that. And he's not gaslighting me. He actually believes he never said that, right? So there's times when people say these things, but they're not gaslighting. It's that they genuinely say, well, I don't remember that. I'm not sure if that happened. And there are times when people genuinely overreact and you're like, I think you are overreacting. So I think the one thing I would say in this is that, of course, gaslighting happens when people are trying to manipulate the situation. But there are also times when people say, oh, I don't think I said that, actually, when they genuinely think they didn't actually say that. Do you know what I mean? So I think 
you know, you're not, if somebody says that, it's not an immediate gaslight, I guess is what I would say. Because I think there's a danger that everyone thinks, oh, well, every time somebody says they don't remember, it means they're gaslighting me. I think, you know, you kind of get a sense of when somebody's trying to manipulate the situation. What about you, Andrew? When did you start to hear about it and the concept of it and what it means? Yeah, it was not too long ago, maybe within the last five years or so, it really started to become popular. And actually, Anna, this is one of those things that I didn't really know what it meant either. It just sort of came out of nowhere. And it was like, you know, it's kind of a heavy topic. It's not just some basic thing. And because there's not really a connection with the expression and the meaning, unless you had seen that play, then maybe you would have understood. But I was a little bit confused too. Like, what exactly is gaslighting? Like, what's going on? And it did take me a little while to understand what it was about exactly. And I think you raised a good point, Anna, is that, you know, a lot of the behaviors that we talked about earlier doesn't necessarily mean that if you're doing one of those things that you are an abusive person or you are a gaslighter. I mean, I've probably done a lot of those things myself just in very subtle ways. And I'm not trying to like abuse or manipulate the people that I'm dealing with on a daily level. But yeah, sometimes we forget that we say some things. I know that that happens to me sometimes, and I'm not usually aggressive in that situation. I'm not like, I never said that. You're crazy. But I might say something like, oh, did I say that? I don't really remember saying that. And that could, I guess, maybe have the same effect. And perhaps somebody might think that I'm trying to gaslight them. But in that kind of situation, maybe it's more like I actually didn't remember that I had promised something or said something. So yeah, I think that's an important distinction. Some of these behaviors could just be normal human behavior. But then sometimes, you know, definitely people could be out there to psychologically manipulate others as well. Absolutely. Yeah. It's all about the intention, right? Like what's the intention? And I'm going to use a personal example, which I'm more than happy to share, which is related back to relationships. And, you know, I remember once when, you know, I was in a relationship in the past, not my current one, by the way. And I remember somebody sort of saying, you know, when you've had a conversation with somebody and this is that typical one where they're like, I didn't say that. And I remember we'd agreed something and then but like a month down the line, they kind of went back on what they'd said. And I said, but we agreed this. I don't know whether you guys out there have ever had that situation where you're like, but we spoke about this. And then the reaction later down the line is like, I never said that. I never agreed to that. And I really felt there that that wasn't like one of these situations where it's just they forgot and whatever. And this is the thing that they knew that they had agreed to it, but they now decided that for whatever reason that they didn't want to or whatever. And it goes back to like, it's just how it makes that person feel. Cause then you do kind of think, well, am I going crazy? I'm like overreacting. Am I, did they agree to that? So you kind of just sort of doubt yourself and kind of second guess yourself. But deep down, you know that they did, you know that they agreed to that. So it just kind of just makes you feel off. And, and so it really is about that kind of intention, right? These things can happen and it's, I forgot, I don't think I ever said that or you know, sometimes people do overreact, like that is a fact, like sometimes people overreact in a situation, but it's when you kind of both know that deep down, they're not overreacting. But like you said, they're doing it to manipulate the situation in some way to make you feel bad when actually, I think it's often about shifting the blame as well. Yeah, I think intention is so key. 
Anna, I'll share a story from my personal life because you did as well. And I think sometimes my wife will get more stressed out about things than I do because that's just my personality. And I'm like very easygoing and I don't get as stressed out about some things as she does, perhaps. And also we live in South Korea, which is like a very, 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 very safe country. One of the safest countries in the world. And I come from Canada, which is also statistically a very safe country, but not quite as safe as South Korea. And so in Canada these days, I think you probably wouldn't want to leave your door unlocked, like of your car or your front door. Probably a good idea to always lock it up. Although when I was a kid, we never used to do that. It's a little bit sad. The country's changed a little bit, but now you want to lock things up. But here in Korea, you know, like break-ins into houses and break-ins into cars, very, very low. It's like a very safe country in that regard. You could go to a cafe. You could have your MacBook out doing some work and you need to go to the washroom. You could just leave your MacBook on the table in a busy cafe and go to the washroom. You come back, it'll be there. Nobody's going to take it. So it's a very safe country in that regard. And I remember the other day, my wife and I were going for a walk and I didn't lock the front door to the house. And she was like, oh, you got to go back and lock it. I'm like, it's super safe. Nobody's going to break into our house. It's okay. Like I was kind of just lazy and I didn't want to walk back to lock the house because I was like, we're going to be back in 20 minutes anyways. Just don't worry about it. And so now it seems like I was not appreciating her emotion, maybe. And I did go back and lock the door in the end. Like, I guess I'm not a gaslighter in the end. But sometimes that is my initial reaction because I'm so easygoing. It's just like, calm down. Don't worry about it. It's fine. You know, like, it's not a big deal. But maybe that is just, you know, my perspective. And what I'm learning from talking about this topic right now is that we really have to appreciate that our reality is different than other people's realities and trying to understand other people's viewpoints can, you know, help us to not gaslight in the future. Mm, yeah. Wow. That's incredible that you can feel comfortable leaving your door open or like sitting in a coffee shop and just leaving the laptop there. Like, wow, I wish in Madrid that would be gone in about five seconds. Can't leave anything anywhere different culture, I guess, and also living in the city center. But it's interesting. And I think you touched on something as well earlier, which was a lot of these things can kind of be combined and people exhibit all different types of these behaviors at different times sometimes. And I guess that fits in a wider thing of, you know, some relationships are really toxic and they have this toxic element to them and gaslighting can be part of that. And yeah, it's a really interesting topic, but there's just so much involved in it. So many kind of behaviors that can be under this umbrella of gaslighting. But I guess the key thing to take away is it's about the intention. It's about the manipulation, which I think I can see as kind of the common thread between all of these different types of behavior, like a withholding or these types of things. You know, it's all about that manipulation. Now, if you were to take a look at the perspective of things from a gaslighter, why do you think somebody would do this? Why would someone gaslight somebody else? What do they have to gain? What's going on there, do you think? I think it's often about control. Because if you make the other person feel worse, then that maybe makes them feel better. I think it's mainly to do with control. Because if you can make somebody feel bad and second guess themselves, then maybe you are in some way having more of a control over them or more of a control over how they feel. 
or maybe it's like deflection, you know, you know, you've done something wrong, but you kind of just want to push the blame on somebody else. And then that makes you feel better. I'm not sure. What do you think, Andrew, from a gaslighter's perspective? I think people would do it without even realizing as well. I think that's also a, a point to, to say is that even though it's intentional, I think some people will do it and they won't necessarily realize that they do it, perhaps. Definitely, there are some people who are just, you know, very emotionally and psychologically immature, and they don't even realize what they're doing. They're not even aware of their actions, right? So, you know, we use this language earlier, like victim and abuser. And I think those terms are correct. Like we could say that, you know, somebody who is gaslighting somebody and manipulating them and emotionally tormenting somebody else, they are an abuser. But I don't think in all cases, everybody is always aware of their actions. Like it does take some self-reflection and you need to, to think about your actions, right? And if you don't do that, then maybe you're just doing it subconsciously, perhaps. So I'm not a psychologist, so I don't want to <laughs> spew off too much, but I do think sometimes it could be unintentional. But I was going through my mind to try and find some examples of gaslighting behavior that I've seen maybe in some different workplaces that I've been in. And none really came to mind, like this kind of manipulation where you're maybe withholding affection. Remember, we talked about that earlier. And of course, in a workplace, it's not appropriate to be affectionate usually, but we can give compliments, right? Like, oh, that's an amazing presentation or a nice job in the meeting. And I could imagine in that kind of workplace situation that maybe, you know, a boss or coworkers wouldn't give those kind of compliments to try and make somebody feel like they're starved for that kind of recognition in their job. But I've actually seen the opposite, a different kind of manipulation, which is doing the opposite where you're like, wow, you did such a great job at this week's presentation that you should do it again at next week's presentation, you know, like where they're buttering somebody up to try and get them to do extra work. And I've definitely noticed that in some past offices that I've worked in. So it's like kind of the opposite, but still it has the manipulation at its core. That's something that it has in common. So yeah, I guess there's a lot of different ways that we can manipulate people. But personally, I can't really think of any office examples of gaslighting, although I have been witness to the opposite kind of buttering people up. Mm, interesting. Me neither. I mean, for the office for me, I can't think of any examples. I think it can happen in the office, but from the research that I was looking at, it's mainly a term that's used to talk about relationships and very, very common in relationships like romantic relationships, but also with with family members as well. But yeah, the examples that I can think of mainly are in relationships and more toxic types of relationships that maybe one person is being more manipulative for whatever reason. Who knows? There could be a variety of different reasons why that person is like that. But yeah, it's a really interesting topic and something that's really trendy. And I'm sure guys that you're going to see after this episode, maybe see more things about it, but it's really a trend or a terminology that's really thrown around a lot at the moment. Well, everyone, that brings us to the end of this episode for today. We hope you enjoyed the discussion and found it beneficial for improving your English fluency. 
And please remember that this episode was made available for free for everyone to listen to, thanks to our fantastic member community. And without them, QLips wouldn't be possible. And as a show of our appreciation to our members, Anna and I are going to extend our conversation just a little bit longer in the ad-free version of this episode. And as a QLips member, you can easily access the ad-free version by logging into your account and navigating to the dashboard. If you're not a member yet, consider joining to access our helpful study guides and transcripts, fun bonuses, and to support the work we do at QLips. And there are other ways to support us as well. You could follow us on Instagram or YouTube, join the ongoing discussions on our Discord server. And hey, maybe you have a story to share about a time that you noticed gaslighting happening in your life. And we would love to hear about your stories. So please share them with us on our Discord server. Now, you could also support QLips by letting your friends who are learning English know about us or by leaving us a five-star rating and a glowing review on your favorite podcast app. We'll be back really soon with a new episode. Until then, keep learning, keep supporting, and we look forward to chatting with you on the Discord. Bye for now. Bye, everyone.